Welcome to Queer Immaterial, episode 5 of our lesser-known queer icons with Nobuko Yoshia. Nobuko Yoshia was, in her 30s in the 1930s, earning more than the prime ministers of Japan. Known as the wealthiest person in Japan, she owned eight houses, six racehorses. There was a 12-volume anthology of her work already published. She was a celebrity to be spotted on the street and in magazines, and she developed an entire genre of writing that still thrives today. In 1935, Hanashi Magazine said, there is not a single woman alive who doesn't know who Yoshia Nobuko is. Her house is a memorial and museum in Japan, and she lived an openly queer life with her female partner of 50 years, who she at one point discussed marriage with. Nobuko Yoshia wrote for children and later adults, including some works that were possibly semi-autobiographical love stories. Two influences on Nobuko might have been the advent of sexology research arriving in Japan, as well as a 1911 suicide of two girls who were in love with each other and the lasting effect that this had on the parameters of female-female relationships in Japanese culture. But Nobuko's writing developed the shoju shosetsu, meaning girls' fiction genre, she wrote female same-sex love and laid the groundwork with her writing of S relationships, standing for sister, but meaning a passionate and intimate friendship between two girls that could be seen as training for a husband or spousal relationship later. For shoujo manga, yuri manga, and the entire S class genre that still thrives today. One of her many seminal works was Flower Tales, 52 romantic friendship short stories between girls. These were originally serialized in a magazine form from 1916 to 1924, featuring generally students at girls' schools with crushes on other students or their teachers, often unrequited. Each story had a different flower symbolizing the love in the story, but the stories remained melancholy, perhaps even in mourning, and were rarely happy. And a few years later then, in a nonfiction piece in 1923, Nobuko wrote that same-sex love is extremely positive in terms of educational value and its worth is immeasurable. In that same year, Nobuko published Yellow Rose, the rare novel with a hopeful ending of same-sex love, something that would still take years before there was an English-language similar story. In this story, the characters reference the Greek tale of Sappho and her love of someone of her same sex in an almost erotic scene. Miss Katsugori says... Sappho, the tragic female poet, I, I love her. Speaking thus, she had tears shining in her eyes, full of dark passion. 
Miss Katsugori, Raiko's faint voice shook, barely managing to speak these words with her quaking red lips like petals. At that moment, a bell rang out, reverberating for a long while. Enfolded by the sound, the two shadows became one. Nobuko launched a magazine in 1925 called The Black Rose, featuring her writings, her short stories, and letter exchanges with fans as a sort of almost proto-fanzine. The inaugural issue features a picture of Sappho under the sea as a frontispiece. It also features the first of eight parts of a tale of a certain foolish person telling the story of Akiko, a 22-year-old teacher who falls in love with her 19-year-old female pupil. She had previously been betrayed by other female loves and is trying at that point to leave behind her queerness. However, by falling in love again, she realizes there is something different about her. Why am I this way, she asks. If I keep this up, I'll never be able to return to the true part of nature for as long as I live. I really must make an effort. I must take this seriously and do something about it. Aren't you already 22 years old? How long are you going to keep dreaming strange, abnormal dreams? Interestingly, in Nobuko's writing, abnormal is written out in English here, echoing some of the sexological texts, such as Sexual Inversion in Women by Havelock Ellis, that are beginning to establish normal and abnormal same-sex love. Akiko, this character, later says, It cannot be denied that mutual male-female love is the primary true way of humanity, but there must also be a secondary path. Is this not a path that should be allowed for the small number who walk the way of same-sex love? And her work in The Black Rose, and in all of her writing, and all of her life, was not just queer and affirming, but deeply feminist. In a personal letter, in writing about the magazine, and reflecting on the approach others took to similar subject matter, she says, The girls' magazines are so terrible lately that I just sigh every time I read them, almost to the point of endorsing obscenity. They push on girls the idea that they should be flirting with men. Are the artists and writers who publish these really human? They do this even though it is true that anyone having a pure spirit, anyone who's simply given the opportunity to polish it, can enjoy her solitude. Still these people take their filthy hands and cover girls' eyes, propping them up as so many clay dolls that can only think of marriage. They are truly a dirty bunch. With Black Rose, I raise a protest banner against that trend. I will write, throwing flower petal after petal against it. To guide the shoujo out of that darkness, I will lead them with my own hands out onto a lighted path. Like Joan of Arc, I will wield black rose like a sword against the male writers who lead them astray. I will do battle with them face to face, shouting, Be gone, you demons, and exorcise them from our mist. Returning to 1923, Perhaps not surprisingly, the same year as Yellow Rose and her statements affirming same-sex love, she met her partner, Mon Machio, who would be her partner for over 50 years. 
At one point, Yoshia writes to Monmachio, Darling, you are the light of my life, my very conscience. With you, I am truly a better person. And when Monmo is returning from some time away, Yoshia promised the following. One, we will build a small house together. Two, I will become the head of household and will then officially adopt you. Three, we will ask a friend to serve as a go-between and hold a wedding reception. I cannot wait for another month or more for your return. Please come back as soon as possible and don't ever leave me again. I promise I will stay with you until the day that death parts us. Nobuko Yoshia was a queer feminist vanguard, altering the way stories still get told around the world, living openly with her partner, with her love, and writing about such love. And in her own words, there is nothing shameful about loving someone, nor about being loved by someone. Thank you for listening to Queer Material, part of Electric Pansy Podcasts. You can learn more at electricpansy.com, also on social media at Queer Material. This is our first season of six episodes. This is the fifth. I hope to see you in two weeks for another lesser-known queer icon, and please share your thoughts, comments, suggestions on Twitter, and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you.